they weren't able to make it, unfortunately. And um, so the show must go on. We can't just stop what we're doing because the guest isn't here, right? So impromptu, I'm going to talk about hemp. I mean, my guest tonight, we were going to talk about hemp anyways because they were a hemp clothing brand. But I guess I got to do a solo now, which is cool because I've I've talked about some pretty cool topics today online. Um, and I think that it'll be super helpful for everybody if you're interested in the environment, if you're interested in hemp, if you're interested in cannabis. Um, this is definitely the place for you. We talk about it a ton, a ton, a ton on this podcast and it's never going anywhere. So get used to it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, without further ado, I wanted to kind of get into um, some carbon sequestering stuff, especially with with hemp. I'm learning more and more every day. It's become a huge obsession of mine to just learn everything I can about hemp. Um, And the more I I try to learn, it it just seems like it's endless what it can do, essentially. we, I was talking to somebody today because I, I put up, I, I joined TikTok, you know, I'm on TikTok now um, with Terra Apothecary and <laughs> which is weird for me. I'm not a huge fan of TikTok in general, but I, that's where the attention's at. So I'm going to be putting out like, did you know videos about hemp? And today's did you know video was, did you know that hemp has four times as much pulp as trees that are grown for lumber do? Now, what that means in my mind is we have a path to end deforestation. And somebody gave me a little bit of pushback today saying, like, um, there's no way it could end deforestation. There still needs to be forest management, which is totally true. Right. So it is a long term game. game. It's not going to be something that next year, all of a sudden, we're all using hemp lumber. That's not how this works, especially with an industry that's you know, as robust as lumber mills are and everything. Um, But I do think that there is plenty of room for companies that are looking for more green alternatives, like actual green alternatives, uh, to be able to uh, use hemp instead. And and I know it seems crazy. The guy guy that commented on my thing saying it can't end deforestation, he's like, come on, hemp's good, but the fibers aren't that good. Let me tell you guys, the fibers of hemp, can do i think more than the fibers of any other plant i'm gonna go ahead and like throw that out there it's one of the most unique plants i've ever seen in my life um meaning it's unique because it has all of the known terpenes known to man so terpenes are like what you smell on a plant so an orange um a, a lime is limonene lavender is linalool mango is myrcene it's all the different terpenes that um are are within the plant cannabis uh <laughs> contains all of them why and then the 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 textiles the fibers we're discovering now or rediscovering i should say that you know we can build wood out of hemp we can insulate our houses out of hemp we can build uh, with concrete, with hemp instead of traditional concrete. And the more we discover these things, the only thing that kind of stands in the way of it becoming the new mass scale thing is just 
people wanting to adopt it, essentially. There's a lot of pushback. People say it has a high cost. But if you think about where the world is right now with inflation, especially on lumber, I'm trying to, you know, buy some land and build a house. And it's fucking expensive, guys. It's very expensive. Like the the cost of lumber has made housing go up like 25% to build a house. It's a lot. But that gives us room to introduce these more green technologies that are going to be a little bit more expensive to begin with. But if you look at the long scale of hemp and what it does for deforestation, it's going to make a major impact if we allow it to, right? So not only can we prevent knocking down trees, right, which is going to help um, keep the forest alive and, and keep all the animals living within it and help to continue to sequester carbon. Um, and we're not, you know, cutting down one of the biggest life forces in the world for carbon. Carbon is important. We are carbon life forms. The bacteria that's within soil is also a carbon life form. Uh, everything in the world basically feeds off of carbon. It's very, 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 very important. Um, so, how can we end deforestation then? Like if, if they have all these big lumber mills and, um, they are, you know, dead set on just using lumber from wood, from trees, um, because that's what they know. How do we end it? It starts small scale, right? That's where my project has kind of taken a turn into essentially, right? My NFT project I was working on version two of it. I was going to release one character with 555 tokens. And I decided to uh, get away from that and go less simple, right? So I'm looking for land that's between 100 and 200 acres. And I would need to raise about $2 million. Um, the NFT project on certain levels would uh, include metaverse space uh real estate as well as real life land so um talking to a couple other v friends people and uh, well not v friends v fam the family behind us all um about creating like a community space almost where we would have like five to ten acres of farmland and then a couple houses on the outskirts of that where v friends if you're a v friends holder you could kind of come stay there for free maybe make a campground out of it. We're not fully sure. We got to figure out everything is kind of working backwards. We got to figure out how much money we need for an average property and to, you know, clear a little bit of land and everything. And then we have to figure out everything else from there, essentially, like what will we be able to do everything we want to do with the land? Can we turn it, you know, partially into a campground and one part into a farm? And can we subdivide it? And, there's just there's a lot of different things that we want to do. But the main plan, and I'll, I'll use easy numbers just to make it easy to visualize, right? The main plan is to grow, is to buy land, most likely in Virginia. It's looking like as much as I want Puerto Rico to happen. Um, buy land that either still has timber on it that was um, supposed to be cut down or buy land and grow timber on it now this this seems weird right so what i'm gonna do let's say we get 100 acres let's say we'll do two different instances one instance 
90 acres of it is covered in trees. So in that instance, I would clear about 20 acres worth of trees. One of my business advisors was like, doesn't that go against everything we're trying to do? And I said, huh, maybe. And I looked into it. So that one tree, let's just bring it down to an acre, right? That one acre of trees, how long would it take to be fully mature? 50, 60, 75 years. They say the average is between like 50 and 80. So we'll call it 60. You know, it's a little bit more than 60, but we'll call it that. So 60 years to take one acre of wood and turn it into a usable product. It takes six months for hemp to be done growing. Six months. So in the 60 years that um, it takes to grow that one acre of trees for lumber, depending on your climate, you can get between 60 and 120 turns on just that one acre in that 60 years. Not only will it, uh, the hemp will sequester carbon, but all the products that you use afterwards, the hempcrete, the hemp wood, the hemp insulation, all of that would continue to sequester carbon and help to level off our CO2 levels in the atmosphere. So, what I basically want to do is if I have a hundred acre plot, I want 30 of it to be hemp. What's up, Matt? I want 30 of it to be hemp. So about 30% of it. And then I want 70% of it to be forest for a few reasons. So one of the reasons is, uh, (laughs) I'm not growing feminized hemp. It's a waste of my time. It's way more expensive, and it just doesn't make sense for me whatsoever to do feminized hemp. So what do I do? I am going to do regular seed. What does that mean? Well, regular seed means that you can get, you you have male and female seeds in there. They're just regular, as nature intended them, seeds. Feminized means that there's a one in 1,000 chance that you will get a male, and it will typically be a hermaphroditic male. Um, now, with regular seed, you get the males, and the males chuck off pollen. Now, if you've ever grown cannabis, <laughs> that pollen is like your kryptonite, Right? So they, there's old wives' tales that say that, that pollen from cannabis can travel up to 15 miles. I don't think that's true. I really don't, just based off my observation. Um, but it could be. And how can I mitigate that risk so that way all of my neighbors for potentially, you know, seven or eight mile radius don't hate me, Right. So what I want to do is I want to have the 30 acres basically in the center of the of the plot and then the 70 acres of woods all around it. So what that's going to do is the trees will catch a lot of the pollen and it won't go out into the, you know, out to the world. Um, and two, it will kind of create a barrier um, because when you grow in cannabis at scale, people start getting real stupid and they start trying to steal from you. So. Um, it just kind of mitigates that risk completely. Apparently I can't type and talk at the same time. It's, it's not a skill that I've learned yet. 
if you're listening anywhere besides Twitch, please go watch on Twitch. Twitch is where it's at. Um, my camera, if you're looking at it, my camera is kind of shitty today. I'm on my webcam uh, because my my Canon shit the bed. Don't know what's wrong with it. There's not a, uh, a repair shop anywhere near me. So I'm just SOL and the show must go on. You know, I have to just use my webcam for now, which luckily isn't the worst. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So I would, I would create a barrier of trees essentially to make sure that, um, there was not, maybe not no pollen, but a lot of the pollen not going out into the world and making my neighbors hate me. Um, what this will also do is give me data so I can then get data on, okay, I left those 70 acres alone. How much carbon did those 70 acres of trees sequester compared to my 30 acres of hemp? I suspect the 30 acres of hemp is going to smoke it. I, I fully believe that. I think the 30 acres of hemp will outperform the 70 acres of wood of trees i'm calling it wood like it's <laughs> but that based on the numbers i've seen and everything that's that's why i think that like looking at the research looking at the data looking at the science behind it it just seems like hemp is a, a hyper accumulator of all things good and bad of you know it hyper accumulates carbon into the soil but it also hyper accumulates uh you know pesticides heavy metals and stuff like that into the plant <laughs> So it's a hyper accumulator both ways. Um, I do think that my project is going to change the world. I really do. Because when you're dealing with such major issues like the pollution from building and deforestation which is helping to rise the temperatures of the world uh in a negative way and you know traditional farming where they're tilling and using pesticides and monocropping all of this stuff we know is horrible for the environment destroying the earth we know that that's a fact you cannot argue that it's a fact if i was to test the soil at a farm that fa that uh does monocropping pesticides and tilling and then test the soil on my farm to compare it i'm gonna smoke them they're gonna have such little carbon in there their ph levels are gonna all be off the nutrients will be dying off because there's no carbon there and the pesticides are killing off everything it's it's a major 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 issue so we will be doing regenerative farming uh which means limited mechanical things um and we will not be chopping into the soil more than like this much like an inch or two not far into the soil the more you till it the more it becomes compact and the more it just sucks honestly so tilling not so good um so the mixture of the hemp growing the trees growing and then what we use the hemp with after is going to give us a subset of data of how much carbon we've sequestered. 
Um, we're not partnered up with Cornell, but I am working very closely with Cornell University. Um, I would like to make them a partner eventually because it would make it a lot easier to do all these experiments if I was partnered with a university. Um, but they're very open to feedback and they're literally trying to create the program that I need in order to get data for the Elon Musk contest that I'm a part of. So that's is very exciting. So I, the whole approach was like, you know, we were we were thinking, oh, we're going to have data from hemp growing. And that's our data. But that's like surface level. We have the we have the data from the hemp growing. We have the data from the trees being left alone and seeing how much that changes, which, oh, by the way, by chopping down the trees, that it solidifies that data as being true. Because now we could say, okay, when we cut down trees and left that piece of the land barren, it went way down in the amount of carbon that was sequestered. If we leave it alone, it has this much carbon. If we grow hemp on it, it has this much carbon. So now it's basically you have a control, essentially, by doing it. And we'll never have to cut down the trees more than once. That's the plan. You know, like... And, and unless we're buying more properties and we're doing the same idea over and over, but we should not have to cut down trees on any property more than just the first year, um, laying everything down. Now, I, I've preached about this a lot, but hempcrete is so slept on. And when we figure out how to scale hempcrete, that's kind of when everything else is going to kind of fall into line, I think. Uh, if you don't know, concrete is one of, if not the worst uh, pollutant as far as putting CO2 back into the atmosphere. Um, they say one meter square wall of concrete uh, emits 300 kilograms of CO2 per year. Whereas a one meter square wall of hemp takes away 100 kilograms of CO2 per year, every year. Not only that, it's geothermal regulating, meaning that it is uh, breathable, so humidity can get in and out of it. Um, it'll be cooler in the, in the summer, warmer in the winter. Bugs don't like it, so it's pest resistant. It's antibacterial. Um, and oh, by the way, it's fireproof. Crazy, right? So... <laughs> When that happens, we're literally, it's like, it's like figuratively building a house, but really actually building a house. So when you, when you just start with the base of it in hempcrete, now it's easier to introduce, uh, the hemp wood, you know, hemp lumber is a huge thing. Um, and the hemp insulation. So I am very close. As soon as we start growing hemp within a year maybe two of that i'm gonna have an almost if not entirely uh hemp built house which is mind-blowing to me so and and once i build mine then i can kind of branch it out and the scalability starts i'm already working with a couple of big construction companies around me that already do concrete and everything like that. Um, I'm really hoping that uh, 
we can get somebody on board to give us like an old concrete hopper that they don't really care about something we can mess with if we break apart in it and need to replace it you know we can figure that out but it won't like put them under so we're currently looking for that because if we can find that that's how we start scaling all of this up um one of my other ideas for our farm is you know, typically when you're clearing land, especially for farming, you end up with a fuck ton of rocks, like a ridiculous amount of rocks. Like if you've ever noticed, most farms have a rock wall around them, right? I always thought that was for aesthetics. I always thought it was like, oh, cool, the farmhouse look. No, it's because they have a an, an exorbitant amount of rocks and they have no clue what to do with them so they stack them around the perimeter of the of the property instead they're just sitting there useless what if i could build a uh rock wall around my entire 100 acre perimeter right and then cast the entire rock wall with hempcrete Talk to you soon, Vinny. Um, couldn't we then, you know, if we have the entire perimeter of the property with the hempcrete wall, and then we have 70 acres on the outside of forest sequestering carbon, and then 30 acres in the middle uh, of hemp sequestering carbon. In my mind, and I'll be able to prove this fortunately uh, through Ron Jordan, who works for a company that can actually detect how much carbon is going in or out of something um we'll essentially be able to do like a flyover of the property and see exactly what i'm hypothesizing which is you will visibly be able to see cooler temperatures above our 100 acres hey christy um and if that's true this is it's going to get in insane i don't suspect that that will happen for three years or so uh three to five but in that three to five we're getting soil data with carbon um and then we're getting the textile data and then on top of that we'd be able to do the camera data still and then you know get the large term long-term camera data on there as well so the the approach is super comprehensive and every day I'm adding more and more and more and more and more to this project. Um, like I was saying, I was going to do a, a thousand token release for V2. It's turned into a 10,000 token release and I am very, very, very determined to make it become uh, a part of the PPP program. So, um, I mean, not the PPP, my bad, PLP, fucking thinking business stuff at the same time um, for Gary V and V friends, because that's where I think it brings immediate value to my token holders. Whereas I'm just some guy who is passionate about hemp, uh, trying to use my somewhat limited resources to raise a bunch of money for something that could like feasibly change the world um but i feel like i can do it it's just gonna take time and patience and i have all the time and patience in the world um where, where was i the other night that i was talking about this was i on my live stream i don't remember 
I think I did a random live stream the other day. Um, I was talking about how life has somehow gotten busier, right? I have a full-time job now, working 45 hours a week. I have a CBD business, uh, which fortunately doesn't take up a ton of time. Uh, and then I have a environmental research company, which is Terrapothecary. And Terrapothecary also has an NFT project. And I was telling people that somehow I've stumbled into something that I'm probably going to do for the rest of my life. Like the NFT project a year ago was not even a thought. The NFT project six months ago was beginning to be a thought. And the NFT project four months ago became a reality. So within those four months, I probably haven't had a day that I haven't worked on my NFT project, at least like ideas and brainstorming and everything. And it's also, it's kind of become its own little entity. I'm building a whole separate community with that on Discord. And, and you know, I just downloaded TikTok now so I can do like fun facts and shit like that. Um, but it's become something that I've, I'm dedicating my life to now and I feel like you know I only have 30 token holders right now but I'm I feel like I I owe you guys so much like it's it's insane how much I feel like I owe you guys um because without you guys I wouldn't have been able to grow this year and if I wasn't able to grow this year none of this would be happening I don't think I think I would have maybe been forced to kind of move on and it wouldn't have been something I wanted to do, um, but I probably would have had to move on, and it would have sucked. Um, so this NFT project really kept my hopes and dreams alive, and along the way, I picked up a bunch of people that also believe in my hopes and dreams, which is beyond humbling, beyond humbling. Like I said, I'm just some guy. I'm just Adam David Souza, a 31-year-old dude and dropped out of college three times, had like a 1.6 GPA in high school. <laughs> like I I was always in trouble like I for me to be in this position where myself and a bunch of like-minded people that I've been able to cultivate in my life, pun intended, um might actually be able to feasibly save the planet and it makes it's a little bit emotional i won't lie i won't lie because it's it's one it's a lot of pressure i can't lie and tell y'all that it's not it is an immense amount of pressure to be under the amount of pressure i'm under um not only for this project but for uh my family you know like while I've been building my businesses, I kind of let my responsibilities, my financial responsibilities slip a little bit and had to eat into all of my savings accounts and, and depleted my, my money. Hence why I have a full-time job again. Um, but if I don't have the financial stability and stability in general in my regular life, there's no way I can make this project become a success. So that's kind of, I've, I've essentially now 
sacrificed my entire life for this NFT project. And while I can't lie, some days my ego uh, tells me that I'm not doing good enough with it because nobody, like we're not sold out of the hundred that I released. But like I said, I'm staying patient. This is my life's work now, I've come to realize. So I'm in no rush because I got a long life to live. Clubhouse is doing much better this week for the show. Last two weeks I did it. I had literally nobody in the room on Clubhouse. I had like five people so far this week. <coughs> Vast improvements. All you got to do is just keep improving. <coughs> and keep dabbing. <coughs> It's funny, right? Because <sighs> this project has become almost entirely about carbon. Carbon, like I said, is the main life force behind all living beings, bacteria, amoebas, mice, humans, cows, trees. <laughs> plants you know like everything needs carbon and it all started just because i recognized on the scale that i'm looking at now a very small issue this all started if you guys remember it all started with the little seed of like ooh, there's this strange chemical called pfas polyfluoroalkyl substances that are found at the dump what does hemp do for PFAS? Three month long rabbit hole <laughs> of just looking what PFAS and hemp and the relationship with each other. And when you know it, hemp pulled that like a motherfucker too. Not only, so they didn't test it in the soil to see how much it pulled out of the soil, but um, it it tested, it. what it did is it took like ground up hemp uh, they call it hemp protein, so they take like the whole plant, ground it up. They had that as one la layer, one layer of carbon, and I want to say a, a layer of diatomaceous earth. Um, and they ran the PFAS affected water, which, by the way, PFAS is in all of our bloodstreams, basically. So they took the PFAS affected water and ran it through this filter medium of hemp, carbon, and diatomaceous earth. And it was over 98% clear of any contamination. I think it was only like a half hour contact time too. It was not a long time. Again, if they could fail, figure out how to scale that up, it would do major things for the town dump. The town dump is this big compared to what I'm doing. <laughs> like it, it went from the little town dump and like realizing that I'm sure we're not the only town dump that has this strange chemical in there to why isn't our focus just carbon? <laughs> and then it was, wait a second. If our focus is carbon, does that mean we don't have to call ourselves a hemp company? Cause if you guys don't know it, having a hemp company, they lump us into cannabis business and by lumping us into cannabis businesses, they are essentially uh, 
making it so our taxes are higher, our business insurance is higher, um, our banking is limited, and a whole slew of things that you don't really want to be involved with. It's 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 been a bitch getting payment processors for my CBD company. Like I snuck into Square when they when they had a CBD program running. And I've been on Square ever since because I tried to leave them, got set up with this whole other company. I, I told them like I had PTSD because they shut down my payment processing. I lost thousands of dollars. And he's like, this is, that's not going to happen. And then randomly that company on a Friday shut off my payment processing and I went back to Square because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not I'm just done shopping around. I don't want to take the risk. Square did shut me down one time for posting a meme that they said made health claims. It was bullshit, but they allowed me to delete it and reinstate my account with a warning. And now I know, which is why I don't really post on my CBD page anymore because I'm scared to <laughs> like, I literally am scared to like, what am I allowed to even say without getting shut down with the environmental research side though? If you notice the hemp was only about 30% of it. We're growing trees, we're building soil, we're using regenerative farming, uh, all with the main goal of sequestering as much carbon as possible. And we're using a, a variety of plants from oak trees to pine trees to sunflowers to hemp to, to clovers to winter rye. And you just throw the hemp in there. It's just a part of the plan. And then maybe, just maybe, we can get some kind of loophole, essentially, where we don't have to worry about all of the bullshit politics that goes on with having a hemp business. Obviously, hemp's the main thing, but the side we are dealing with is not really the controversial side. Literally, like... As much as I would like to use the whole plant because I don't like to waste anything, we could literally strip the CBD from it and compost it and never use any of it and just use the fiber, just use the stalks and everything. I don't want to do that, but we could. And we probably will with large swaths of land. Like we were, I, was, I mentioned earlier, I was going to be growing regular seed. The reason I want to grow regular seed is because if you have a male and you have a female, What's going to happen is the male is going to chuck off pollen. It's going to pollinate the female. The female is going to get seeds on it. And then all of a sudden you have all new progenies of seeds. <clears throat> right. And not only that. Your labor essentially becomes like nothing. Because what you can do is you set up your irrigation system one time. Obviously, there's maintenance, obviously. Um but you set up your irrigation system one time and then by having male and female hemp plants in your plot, you, um, when you harvest them, you shuck off all the buds that are full of seeds into the field and just let them compost over the winter. Two things are going to happen. The buds, all the nutrients and amino acids and terpenes and cannabinoids and all that stuff is going to feed a lot of the, the life forms within your soil. So that will be really good. The second thing that will happen is the seeds uh, will winterize. So by leaving them in the ground over the winter, what happens is the seeds will essentially be like, oh, we're getting used to this climate. 
And the longer you let them just grow naturally like that, the earlier they'll pop up in the spring and the hardier they'll be to withstand frost, cold weather, tons of rain, late seasons, all that kind of stuff. Especially growing in Virginia, I think I can get eight months of growing there. I think. From talking to people that live there, uh, looking at where it sits as far as like the section of the U.S. and the zone it's in, I think I can. Maybe not the first year. But by the third year, you know, I'll be good. Like, I'm going into my third year at my my farmland now. And boy, am I glad I'm going into my third year. Because if this was two years ago going into my first year, I would have made myself look real stupid. Because I've had to learn a lot of hard lessons. Farming is, is basically that. It's hard lessons over and over and over and over and over and over and over until you die. <laughs> Right. So uh, last year, which was year one in this land, that was my third year of growing altogether. Um, but my first year at scale, we did an acre. Now, in order to tell you about my first year, I have to back up a couple months before that year at scale started. Before that year at scale started, we were talking to this other farmer. And uh, he had a hundred and some odd acres. He was going to let us use a decent plot of it. He tested us a bunch. Like he drove us out to some random field and was like, how big is this field? I was like, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 acres. He's like, yeah, I'd probably say like eight to 10. Good, good guess. And, you know, like he took us out to another field. How big is this one? And then he takes us out to this other field. It's like three acres or so. And he says, I'll let you guys just use this. We don't use it for anything but hunting. So in the summertime, we don't use it for anything. I said, awesome. Fucking, that's really awesome. Thank you so much. Are you sure you don't want money for it? I said, no, no, absolutely not. May rolls around. Well, we were already in May when this was happening. No, it couldn't have been because there was snow on the ground when we talked to him. So it was like February, March of last year. And may rolls around so we start growing because that's when our grow season starts here naturally we want to go check out the land again now that the the snow has thawed we want to check out the land and make sure everything's good and and get started with planting into the field we went there and the ground was rock solid on an 85 degree day couldn't really dig a shovel into it there was this put it this way the soil was softer when there was snow on top of it than when we came back so we were like fuck we can't grow there like it's it's too it's barren like we weren't expecting this to happen what the hell also there was a drought happening at that time so that didn't help with how hard and crappy the ground was come to find out that farmer may or may not have stripped the topsoil from that property because he was going to give it to us free, so he wanted to make a quick buck off it somehow. Which is such backwards thinking, because if, if you would have just asked me to pay it, I would have paid it. It would have saved me a giant head headache. Because he did that, we still wanted to scale up. So... I started asking around and it wasn't till like beginning of July we found a spot. 
we're already two we're already like a month in month and a half two months into a drought by this point i'm not even thinking about that because i've never dealt with a drought before last year so <laughs> we get all started <clears throat> start prepping the land and probably plant last week of july beginning of august super late not when we would want to plant in the middle of a drought without proper irrigation setup never watered once before i seeded it out and nothing grew nothing it was just barren the whole year just barren it was depressing and it was almost enough to make me quit especially since during the middle of that uh my partner that i had my cbd company him and i had a disagreement and it was basically a business ending disagreement and he left me with all the farm work that was you know part of the disagreement was like hey you're going hiking and on, on these vacations and having fun while i'm working 10 hour days on the farm what the fuck and you're working with this new business and just abandoning your people so all this all this stuff is going on i almost quit everything like i, I literally was just like i don't know if i could do this anymore this year rolls around and it was tough it's been financial hit after financial hit after financial hit after financial hit until everything was basically depleted and i felt pretty hopeless but like my my 31st birthday was march 18th i released an album low-key and if people actually took the time to listen to that album and kind of see like the dark place my mind was in you'd probably be surprised because you know two months after that v friend mania starts and i don't really think y'all know what the v friends community did for my life winning a v friend uh it just made everything else that i was going through seem insignificant i immediately added six figures to my net worth minimum i immediately gained this community of people that are unlike anything i've ever had like i i've got i used to get into arguments with my girl because i've had to like learn to be a very loving person and like she's made comments like were you never shown love and i'm like no I was shown love by very few people in my life, like true, genuine love. And it's it's hard to like turn yourself from being this cold, callous person because nobody's shown you love into somebody that just wants to like love on everybody. You know, like I fucking love so many people now and I tell them all the time and I kiss and hug my daughter and tell her I love her and my son whenever I can whenever i can like any second i can so getting this community out of it really kind of finished the unlock for that because it was like you know i'm telling people i have never met in real life i love them you know like i was on the phone with sal one night and we were on the phone for like an hour and a half and, I, and at the end of it i was like oh i love you brother and like he said it or he said it first i don't know somebody said we both said it like to each other and my my girl looked at me like who are you telling you love them? It's like it's Sal. She's like, why are you telling a guy you love him? I was like, because I love him. <laughs> He's fucking awesome. 
And even for her, it was like, huh, okay. Um, but like I said, y'all have no clue what the V Friends community did for me because not only did it give me more hope and continue me down the rabbit hole of what hemp can do for the environment, y'all are like a group of hype men and women. It really is true. Like when I was talking about I want to release an NFT project, but who the fuck am I to release an NFT project? I'm not an artist. I'm not somebody big. Who the fuck am I? And people like Droshik were like, why not? You have all the ideas. Here, I just drew you some art. Why not? And I can wholeheartedly say that without like the community pushing me the way that they did. I might have given up on all this. And it's like, it reminds me of that picture that I've seen online so many times. And it shows two people with a pickaxe digging through the dirt, looking for diamonds. And it shows one guy get frustrated and turn away finally after years and years of doing it when he was this close to the diamonds and the other guy got frustrated, took a break and then kept going and voila, he's in the diamonds. If I would have, I would have never known it maybe, but if I would have given up on everything, I would have been like the guy that was this close to the diamonds and turning around when all I got to do is dig through some hard layer of rocks. Now <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. It's getting harder, but, it's right there. It's right there. So, um, all that to say, my first year we had complete crop failure, 2020. This year we basically had complete crop failure because I I planted so late, way too late. By the time I got funding for the from the project and everything, I just was planting out of desperation essentially, um, and being hopeful and in desperation, not really in a bad way. Um, I just knew after last year that we really needed to build our soil up a little bit more. So in order to do that, you have to have plant life there. So as soon as I saw that hemp was not popping up, I planted 25,000 seeds. Even if I had 50% failure, I should still have 12,000 plants, not 100 or 200. Um, once I realized the hemp wasn't coming up this year, I planted my cover crop and i hacked away i spent like weeks just pulling bad weeds and taking a scythe to the rest of them and like i'm literally like cherry picking which weeds i want to stay and which ones i want to go to build my soil the way it is and i got soil tests with cornell which i should have done last year that would have saved me a big headache um and that let me know my pH was low, which was screwing up everything in my soil. So there's going to be a couple of things that happen next year on going on my third year now. One, I know how to deal with a drought. Two, it's the first season at scale I will actually be able to start in April and May like I'm supposed to <laughs> instead of July and August. Big, 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 big difference. Um, so that will happen. Not only that, I've talked to a lot of farmers and I've asked them, Hey, I planted 25,000 seeds. 
maybe even 30. Where the fuck did they go? Like, I know I had some erosion. I had some bad rain. But where the fuck did they go? There's no way that many seeds washed away. Can they go dormant? And all of them have been like, yeah, of course they can. Like, a plant isn't going to pop up if it doesn't think it's going to survive. Why would it do that? Huh. Interesting. And I asked them, so does that mean next year there's a possibility that tens of thousands of plants are just going to come up on their own in the spring? He said, if your soil is healthy and balanced, yeah. So there is a very big chance next year that I could go to the farm uh, at the end of April. I'm probably going to go in the beginning of April to Lyme. And then I'll go in like the end of April, beginning of May, because that's usually when the season breaks and you can start planting. I have a feeling at least like two thirds of the field is going to be covered in hemp already. And if that happens, the amount of data we'll have for next year is going to be off the chains. The amount of work I have for next year there is almost nothing. Um, and it will just be overall better. What's POG? What's up, Eric? Elderberry. I can't wait to grow some fucking elderberry. Oh, I was just talking to Corey last night. He had me up till fucking 1.30 in the morning. He, he was like... Oh, I want to talk to you about some of my ideas and I want to hear what you're working on. So we got on the phone at like, well, on like a Zoom call at like 11.30 at night. And then all of a sudden, two hours pass by of us brainstorming and going to bed at 1.30. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you all for tuning into the Twitch, by the way. I'm getting very close to affiliate. I know I've been saying that, but it's like, I don't know how they do the averages, but because I see four of you in here and it's been like that the whole show. So you would think that I have it basically an hour long of averaging four viewers, but they don't always look at it that way for some reason. It doesn't really make sense, but um, I will be completely legally streaming the Jake Paul fight this, this Saturday. Uh, that's always something I kind of done. Um, I have a community of people that kind of just look for me to stream fights um so we'll be doing that saturday and hopefully when i do that i'll hit affiliate that night because the only thing i'm missing is the average viewers and uh it's it's getting there i'm patient man like there's been some nights in here that i've essentially been talking to myself you know like or just me and my guest, and we're talking to nobody <coughs> because of inconsistency. You know, like I'm on week 15 in a row of my podcast. <coughs> I'm actually thinking about changing from seasons back to just regular episodes because <coughs> at this point I have almost 100 episodes. And I feel like that looks more impressive than four seasons, especially when... <laughs> especially when season two doesn't exist. Um, I've, I've always, I, I had, I had a thought one day about my podcast. I said, if I say I'm season two, it still looks like I'm new. So what if I just say I'm on season three, when I go into season two, it does two things. It makes it look like I've been doing it a year longer. And my hope was 
um my hope was that people would ask be like where's the second season <laughs> but it just it just didn't get there yeah it's ig is tough i've been i've been looking at ways to go live on ig and i almost did it today um but i kind of wanted to go on to clubhouse instead um i don't know i need more devices or something like although not really because i i um i can stream this audio that you all are hearing on twitch straight into clubhouse from club deck and then i could use my phone to do um instagram but that would really only work if i'm doing solo shows you know what i mean because most of the time i have a guest and the guest is usually i'd say like 75 percent of the time on their phone so they couldn't do instagram live and be on here at the same time it wouldn't work out <clears throat> so for me it's for me it's easy and i've oftentimes thought about doing what jeremy does where jeremy just goes live by himself while he's streaming with guests and stuff and clubhouse going and all that shit um he just makes it look so easy he's he's good at that um but yeah hemp hemp life and nft life and cannabis life and <clears throat> my love for the planet that has always been there and that has been instilled in me from a very young age um it's all starting to tie together and the people i'm making connections with like you know elderberry farms that's commenting eric he's doing some great stuff with elderberry and some other plants too and we have conversations all the time about farming Corey's looking to get into it and there's there's like a bunch of people in the community right now that are looking to kind of get into the the farming slash commune slash uh land ownership type of thing so <clears throat> spoiler alert if you're a rare token holder for version two I'm hoping to give you guys something fucking crazy. Like, so crazy that it might have people getting, like, big offers on their rare tokens. You don't got to take them, but that's how crazy it might be. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I don't know if this will work, so I probably shouldn't even say it, but I, I love you guys, so I'm not making any promises. But I, what I would like is to get like a hundred and twenty five acres that would be like my ideal amount <clears throat> i only have 10 rare token holders right i <laughs> i want like i said i'm not promising anything but i want to give my rare token holders an acre of land There's a few things that go from through my mind when I say that. Um, one, who pays the taxes? <laughs> I guess if you own the land or had ownership through the token, I guess the owner of the token would pay the taxes, right? Um, the other thing is, besides a house and like a farm maybe i wouldn't want anything to be built on it so like how do you how do you like 
give somebody land but then be like hey you can only grow trees farm or grow hemp on it that's all you can those are your three options or you you can build a house you know like because if you want to live there i guess that's out of your pocket to build the house i don't know there's 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 so much there's so much i have to think about in this project and um that's funny food is medicine as i'm eating fast food shaking my head um yeah dude whenever i eat shitty food i literally i'm thinking in my head like this is not nourishing my body whatsoever and donate trees that would be awesome that would be awesome my hope my hope is that we buy a, a a plot of land that was either devastated by a lumber mill um or was supposed to be for a lumber mill that gets really complicated if it's supposed to be um for a lumber mill because i would assume that they have contracts in place um (laughs) and maybe they're hard to get out of maybe they make it so enticing that it's hard to get out of type of thing but um I guess I'll cross that road when I get there, but it's a thought I've had of like, if, if a few of the properties have said, you know, um, intended to be, it has five acres of cedar intended to be milled, stuff like that is in the description. Um, <clears throat> am I able to break that contract? Am I able to, uh, save those trees in a sense? Like if I buy and own that land, can I, like wipe away whatever agreement is there prior there's so many questions so many questions and that's uh another big part of it is like when we get the funding there's definitely a lot of legal fees inside of there because we want to talk to lawyers in the respective state that we buy land and uh really make sure everything is nailed down not only for my side but for all the token holder side i want to make sure everything is is pretty seamless and it's it's hard to do when you're just little old me um but with the amount of support that i've gotten from the community um and the amount of support that i know i can re-garner from my local cannabis community i've just been very inactive honestly because i've been busy i've been inactive with v friends too unfortunately it's just part of life right now for me I'm, i'm trying to balance all of this stuff and not doing a doing an okay job. I'm just not doing a good job at anything leisurely, fun, friends, anything. <laughs> so it's it's been tough. Um, but I'm I'm working hard, and it, a lot of it is creativity that I'm not really used to. Like I'm really thinking about taking a shot at drawing, and maybe getting an iPad or something. I don't know. Um, but I think with this project, what I'm going to do for V2 is create characters that are, um, semi V friends inspired because it's, you know, the, the forbearing farmer was going to be the next pro the next drop. And that is super inspired by V friends and V fam. You know, if you don't know, uh, Droshik and I were having a conversation, um, and fuck, I forgot my train of thought there. What was I just looking at? Oh yeah. Um, and I said, farmers are the real patient pandas. And 
uh, Droshik, he he sends me this art of like a panda that he drew with farmer overalls on, and it says, "Let's fucking grow" underneath it. And then that's where "Let's fucking grow" was was born from. Um, somebody was sharing it the other. I think it was actually you, Sarah. Um, it might have been the other Sarah though. I forget which one are y'all on um, on Twitch, but somebody was was sharing. Let's fucking grow. That's where it came from, and that's also where the forbearing farmer came from. So, like when he sent me that, I was like, "Dude, I want to release that as an NFT. What do I call it?" And I looked up synonyms for patient, and I saw the word forbearing, and the definition of forbearing, which is like super patience through bullshit you know like through it all and you just have grit and determination to push through it so the forbearing farmer which is me inspired you know by v friends v fam and me i guess i was going to release that as its own token with four different backgrounds just really boring honestly in my mind um and i started stepping out from there and and looking into more characters so my business advisor and and you know partner of this project he is an avid fisherman so i really want to release uh the advantageous angler um i want to release the tenacious tractor i want to release the bustling bacteria right so now we could tie it into like educational characters essentially um so like the bacteria people like what the fuck why the bacteria and we can like have the bacteria be like an educational character for why it's important to balance your bacterias and your soil um then we and stuff like that and then we have the nurturing nug and the carbon capturing capybara which might end up turning to the carbon capturing cow because we might have cows on the land too so it would make sense but i'm i'm kind of you see how it's it's very v friends farm ponds are the best ponds yes it's nice to have a pond on your farm for sure um but yeah very v friends inspired by like the alliteration of the words with the name and but I, i'm trying it, I, that's why i was gonna do the carbon capture and capybara because it's not a cow or a cat or a i don't know if he used cougar <laughs> But I was trying not to use the same animals as V friends and like completely rip it off. So it was uh, very, very much trying to keep that in 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 line. But I think I should probably like open it up, see if anybody has any questions about like the carbon carbon aspect of all this. Like I think I went pretty deep on carbon today. It was, well, I guess not even. I didn't go deep on carbon. I went deep on like deforestation and how hemp can kind of end that. Um, and I want to start doing these more solo shows where I just kind of rant on a topic um, and see what we get out of it. I don't know how I did. Hopefully good. I'll know when I listen back. Um, and based on feedback. And I, I just... I hope people pay attention to this and I hope that um, we're having more conversations with our family about, you know, practices to help the earth, um, the importance of growing your own food, 
the importance of knowing the source of your food. Um, when smoke sesh with Elon? <laughs> Shit, man. We should have our data back from Cornell. And I'll let you know whether we have a shot at winning, being in the top 15 teams and winning a million dollars for this year. But that's a four-year contest. So I probably won't get to have smoke sesh with Elon until 2025. If I were to guess, <laughs> I'm, I'm patient though. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. So we did soil tests. I limed again. So lime helps to uh, balance the acidity of the soil. So it, essentially my, my soil was a 5.0 pH. I want it to be like 6.3. Um, so it's, it's really bad actually. Like being that low is bad it's so acidic and when you have acidity it kills off carbon life forms if you kill off the carbon life forms your soil can't use the nutrients and everything and actually make it bioavailable for the plant to uptake it's a very complex system like the mycorrhizal fungi and all the bacteria and amoebas and worms all this stuff and the organic matter you put into it and what you do to it all this stuff matters um like when like what your soil is doing and how healthy it is it it matters it really matters right if you grow fruits and vegetables in regenerative farmed land no pesticides no tilling great balance of bacteria you've done your soil test you got everything figured out you can literally like take a carrot out of the ground wipe it on your shirt a little bit, maybe like rinse it off just to get the hard dirt clumps off and eat it. Like don't rinse it off a lot. Leave a little bit of dirt on there. I know it sounds weird, but I personally believe in a lot of people that are into diet and nutrition. I personally uh, believe that the reason a lot of us have a lot of intestinal issues is just because our bacteria is imbalanced in our gut and our gut lining. I know this for a fact, especially if we're eating a lot of fast food, Eric. Hopefully, that's not a lot of fast food. Hopefully, that's just a cheat meal. Um, But if you're eating a lot of bad foods and you're eating a lot of uh, GMO food and a lot of stuff that's sprayed with pesticides and chemicals to preserve it, all that stuff kills the bacteria in your gut and gut lining the same way it kills the bacteria in the soil. That's the reason I don't use those things in my soil. So why would I use them in my body? That's how I kind of look at it. Um, so by having a, a bacteria imbalance in our body, much like if I had a bacteria imbalance in my soil, it's not a, um, breaking down the food to be as bioavailability and not uptaking the nutrients the same way it would. Because essentially, when you poop, <laughs> you are not actually pooping the bacteria are eating the food and breaking it down and pooping it out essentially if you really think about it in your body that is what's supposed to happen the bacteria in your gut and gut lining break down and eat the food and excrete out of that and then your body processes that and poops it out just saying so if we eat dirt which when i'm farming y'all I feel like Superman. I eat so much fucking dirt. You can't avoid it. When you're farming day after day after day after day, 
you're eating dirt. You're, uh, it'll be a dry day and some, some dirt will blow in your face while you're working. It's always blowing in your face while you're fucking working. Let's be honest. Uh, you're not washing your hands when you're eating lunch. So your hands are covered in dirt and you're just like <laughs> ravenous eating whatever food you, you have. And I eat so much dirt. Not on purpose. It's not like I'm sitting there like, I love dirt. Dirt's the greatest. <laughs> I mean, I do love dirt. It is kind of the greatest. But um, just by having that in my life, I feel like I'd never get sick. Not even like a sniffle. I feel so much more energized. My stomach issues are less severe. I can eat crappier food kind of because I'm getting all those good bacteria. Um, but I think if people... And people will realize this, I think, if they come to our V Friends Ranch, uh, that will hopefully be a part of this project. That, you know, we're going to be growing five to 10 acres of food regeneratively. No chemicals, no GMO bullshit. And when they come to the ranch and eat food at there, at the bed and breakfast or the campground or whatever we decide to do, they're going to their bodies are going to feel nourished in a different way for that week that they're there. And they're going to be like, Whoa, okay. <laughs> At least some of them, you know, like that's, that's all we can do is just reach one, teach one or each one, teach one. I've, uh, I've, I've, I've done my one many times over, but I'm not done. <laughs> Clouds and dirt. That's exactly what that is. It's literally like I live, I'm literally in the dirt, Sarah. I'm literally in the dirt. <laughs> I'm in the most humble period of my life, y'all. Like, <clears throat> I was making good money with T-Mobile. I, I asked for a raise. They got rid of my position, and I went on my own, um, my own with everything entrepreneurial in 2017, March 31st, 2017, and. <sighs> Three months before they get rid of my position, I just got a brand new car. It was $700 a month. It was $250 a month for insurance. Brand new Honda Accord, 2018. Four miles on it. Beautiful, 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 beautiful car. I really, 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 really loved that car. It, it gave me a wild amount of confidence because just knowing i could even i was there like i could afford that easily like if, if they didn't get rid of it i could have afforded it easily and I, i've always i worked at a honda dealership and i used to drive other people's cars to go get them inspected before i sold it to them and gave it to them and i'd get to drive it for like 10 minutes and i get a taste and i always drove shit boxes <clears throat> but it came to a point where I was literally just working DoorDash and Uber to pay for the car, essentially, and then working other odd jobs to pay my child support, and then like just anything oddball that came up was just eating into savings. And it became such a fucking grind that I voluntarily repoed my car. Still counts as a repo. Still the same thing as an involuntary one. It's just less missed payments. So it's a little bit less of a hit. <laughs> Unfortunately, that car, because of credit rate reasons, was also partially in my girl's name. So I screwed up her credit with that a little bit too. But it's like a hit that we had to take. And for a while, we were sharing a car. And if y'all remember the night 
the day, 12 hours after I won my V friend, I got T-boned. We were sharing a car. Luckily, actually, luckily, a few months before that, I had some money saved up and uh, I bought her a Jeep for like $2,500 and I drove her car, essentially, like she was making payments on it, but because I paid for the Jeep, like it kind of evened out. <clears throat> so I all of a sudden I went from having a brand new car to a 2009 Civic from a from a 2018 Accord to a 2009 Civic to nothing and my savings was was yeah literally 12 hours after I won the goo like it was maybe like 15 hours it was like 1 30 in the afternoon and I won the goo at like 11 30 at night the night before I was driving across the street to Chipotle to pick up my lunch and somebody ran a red light. I was just, I, I stopped too. That's a, it's a busy intersection. I, it turned green and I looked left, made sure everybody was stopped. I looked right. It looked like everybody was stopped. And I guess he like, he slipped on his gas or like he went to go hit the brake and hit the gas instead by accident and then had to swerve over in the breakdown lane. And then I just happened to be there right at that second. And Damn, that shit really messed me up. Like, I had a concussion. That's probably, like, my third or fourth concussion of my life now. Which isn't good for your brain. And really makes me worry. And my memory has definitely not quite been the same since. Um, it messed up my testosterone. Wicked bad. Wicked bad. Uh, and, again, I'm just blessed because... After having that, the, the go or the goo or whatever the hell it's called, <laughs> I still like to call it a goo. Um, it gave me like a different kind of hope. And I feel like a lot of people are a lot more understanding in this community too. So when I tell them like, I didn't tell a lot of people, but like, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm struggling mentally. Like, I know you guys think I'm doing great sometimes and I'm just like, I'm struggling because like my brain is just still not fully back yet. Um, and like the concussion, like triggered old shit too, for some reason. So traumatic brain injuries are funny things. Um, but all that to say, I'm here, I'm happy, I'm working hard, and I'm hopeful, very hopeful. Um, I think when I look back at 2021 in like 10 years, I'm going to be like, holy shit. That was the best year of our lives because of how much it humbled us. Like I said, I went from a 2018 Accord to a 2010 or 2009, one of those, I think it's 2010 Civic, to now an 07 Mazda. 
and I I bought it for like twenty five hundred. Put another twenty five hundred in work into it, and I just drive my little shitbox, living with the in laws. I'm back working full time on top of everything. Like I literally, I don't, I, I, I couldn't do more to try to humble myself at this point. So, um, I'm just, I'm ready for the. It feels like, you know, like you have to cock something back. It's like pulling an arrow, and I'm just in that pullback phase, and we're like almost there. And I'm just gonna let that shit fly soon. And and thank you, Eric. I'm def I'm definitely trying to take my time. It's it's hard living at the in laws. Uh, I know like it's definitely puts a strain on our relationship, and um, it's tough. It's very tough living with other people, especially like me. It gives me a lot of anxiety because um, I overly think about people. So I'm like, like me, I'm going to, I'm going to go shower after this. I shower at night because everybody's asleep and I don't want to get in everybody's way. And if I shower during the day, I'm going to get in everybody's way. And then like, I just, I don't know. I'm just, I, I have a lot of anxiety because I'm just trying to stay out of everybody's way. <clears throat> and with my own space, you know, like I'm, I'm the owner of that shit. I'm going to stay out of nobody's way, you know, like mindful of my family space, but it's my shit now. It's our shit. So it's different. And uh, we lived on our own before this. So, <clears throat> and I had a great job and she, she was making good money too. So like we got a taste and I'm kind of glad it happened this way. I'm actually really glad it happened this way because if I would have just been catapulted into success and made a million by 30, like I was trying to do, Maybe I'm a different person than I am now. So, yeah. I think that's a good place to wrap up, guys. Thank you for listening to my rambling for the last 80 minutes. And, uh, you know, I'm here every Thursday. We're almost done for the year. We have two more shows for 2021. Next week is going to be a great show. I would definitely turn into tune into that next week at 8:30 p.m. uh Thursday the 23rd. Uh one of my long longest friendships ever. <laughs> my good friend Spencer Kusara. Uh we've been friends since I was 13, I believe. I'm 32 next year. So <laughs> it's been a long time. We were we made music together for a long time. We met on MSN chat rooms back in the day. And we used to rap battle each other through text and shit. And we created an online record label and did some wild shit in Colorado, which I'm sure we can't fully get into because now he's running for fucking city councilor. Like, <laughs> who is this dude? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be a great show. And then the 30th, I'm doing another solo show. I wasn't planning on having this one be a solo, but my guest was just, they had a manufacturer meeting tonight that they had to make. I completely understand um and i went solo and just wanted to talk about something i was talking about on on my instagram and tiktok just keeping it consistent i guess um and here we are so the 30th i'll be going solo again uh i'm gonna do kind of a year wrap up which fuck i kind of just did that 
Not really. I want to like, I really want to go in depth and I want to connect a lot of pieces and really make you guys understand who I am. Um, thank you, Matt. You're a name that I haven't seen on here before. So welcome. Thank you. Um, I love wearing hemp. I'm actually, nope, that one's bamboo. <laughs> I, my white shirts are either hemp or bamboo and then i have if i'm wearing an orange shirt it's always hemp um so yeah always trying to i love hemp clothing man it's it's some of my favorite material uh for sure especially to farm with long it long sleeve bamboo or long sleeve hemp it helps so 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 much it's fucking it's crazy so i'm hoping that i can grow enough hemp to also supply people like you and I'm, I'm assuming you make hemp clothing maybe or maybe you just really love hemp um but the guys that were supposed to be on the podcast tonight make hemp clothing and you know a big part of that is the cost is so high and typically you have to source from overseas so what if i could help source it from the u.s and lower the cost on it just because we're doing it at scale it's got to be possible it's got to be possible so it's it's all that's another thing cotton's horrible y'all i don't know if you know this but cotton uses like 42 percent of the world's pesticides it's awful it's very awful oh eric what size are you brother if you're a large i will literally send you a hemp shirt in the mail i'll, I'll send me your address and i will actually i think i got you because you're a cbd customer um i, I will literally send you one right now <laughs> it's not my favorite one i'm sorry but I'll, I'll at least you know pop your cherry and give you your first hemp shirt oh so you do make your own clothes that's do you like make them yourself or are you sourcing from local overseas this is fun i love when new people pop in i'm gonna do a dab real quick while he's typing but yeah I, um the guys that were going to be on, it's a company called Luxury Leaf. And right now they're sourcing from, I think, like Bangladesh. So they get the material and they sew it themselves. But um, I would really love to be the source for their material and learn how to do everything from A to B. Extra large, extra large. I might have an XL sitting around too because I had some displays. I got to look around. <sighs> Maybe not though. I donated a bunch of it. Like I had a, I had a bunch of shirts, and I was just like, ah, well, Dave, do you want these shirts? I don't need them, and I just donated them. So now, like, there's some, some kid out there, some less fortunate kid, is gonna be wearing some fucking thirty dollar hemp shirt. <laughs> fucking love it. Oh, you're familiar with Luxury Leaf? That's fire. Hold on. Let me show you what I'm working on with Luxury Leaf. Hold on one second, guys. I'll be right back. Stay here. All right, let me turn off this virtual background. 
All right. Yeah, man. Bamboo shirts are really fire. So this is this is um a one of one design. This this shirt will never be made again. There will be more designs made like it when because it, it's finalized. But there's a few errors in this shirt. Uh, it didn't end up being the final printed version. So we are doing a, a full house inspired <laughs> t-shirt line. Um, so this is, uh, um, <laughs> as you can see, Uncle Joey Gladstone. And on the front, it says, cut it out. And as you can see, it's really dark. You can't see it from far away. That's why it's a one of one. We're, we're like, we outlined it in white so that way you can see the cut it out. And then you can't really tell on the camera, but his face is blurry and I, it was really bothering me. So, um, that's different. I think we actually used a whole different picture of Joey for the final design. Um, and then this one, I don't remember which one this is. Oh, it's the uncle Jesse. Hell yeah. So it says up top there, which we changed a little bit. John Stamos is more than likely the most perfect man. <laughs> so there's there's super fucking fire, man. Honestly, I love I love these shirts. My my girl hates them. She really hates them, <laughs> like a lot. Um, I wore the Joey Gladstone one when we went to like a, um, almost like a Chuck E. Cheese type of place. It was like a bunch of kids slides and stuff. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, you're so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm like, nah, people will get it. Like they, they loved that show. <laughs> they grew up in that generation if they're going there with their kids. Cause their kids will probably be around our age, our kids age, you know, like, and, uh, she said one time. She was looking down the hallway and she was like, why is somebody staring at me? And then I looked up and like looked at it, really looked at it and realized it was your fucking shirt. Because <laughs> Joey's face is like <laughs> bigger than my head. So, but yeah, the, those shirts were supposed to come out a long time ago, but I'm, I'm really trying to figure out how to uh, do them as an NFT project. Um, and what I would even do it as an NFT, but I would just, I just like the idea of having digital collectibles with physical merchandise and having them go hand in hand. So, you know, I'm thinking of a couple, I literally have like three and a fucking NFT projects I'm working on, but the only like real lifetime one, I think maybe, I mean, I guess I've been making music forever. Who knows if I'll be 90 and still making music. Um, like I have the I have a music NFT I'm working on, that that's coming out April 26th. Um, I already finished writing all the music. I gotta make some tweaks. I'm really trying to make this album, this little five song EP, perfect. I've never been a perfectionist with my music like that. I've always been kind of like, get it out there, make it sound good, put it out there. Like just just do it. Don't overthink it. And this time I'm like really nitpicking at every little, oh, like that word was out of pocket there. We got to change that word 
to this. We got to say that a little sooner. We got to cut right there. So I'm trying to make it perfect because I figure if it's an NFT project, it has to be timeless, right? And in order to be timeless, the music has to be timeless. And while I have definitely admittedly now listening back, made some timeless music, I just want it to be at a different level. And I think people will see that um, with this project. Um, it's sad. It's a little sad because this project, like I said, when my last one, I was kind of in a dark place. This one, I wouldn't even really call it so dark, but just very self-aware, <laughs> very self-aware. Um, it's very funny that I got the self-aware hair because I always thought I was self-aware until I th thought of literally every action I make and word I say. Like I, I thought I hyperanalyzed myself before, but holy shit. <laughs> now that it's like tatted on me, <laughs> like, hey, be self-aware. It's like a reminder. I feel like it's like Gary in my in my head. Anytime I doubt myself, it's like, <sighs> um, but yeah, I nitpick at a lot of what I do, and it leads to great things. Not in a mean way. I'm getting better at, um, being nicer to myself. Like I've always been the type of person like, come on, stupid, like to myself. Why? You know, like that's just that negative upbringing and that's that shit we're trying to change, right? Like we're cutting those cords. We're, we're ending all of the negativity that was taught to us as children. We're ending all of the bad food habits that we blame uh, as generational bad health. You know, like, you know what else is pretty generational? Bad diets, bad lifestyles. I know. <laughs> like I came from that. I fucking came from that. But I I had I was lucky, very grateful to just have a, a dad who was so in love with the earth and really drilled that love for the earth into his children, taught us everything he could and made us connect with the earth. And like it's something I'll forever appreciate. Like we don't even talk anymore, but it's something I'll forever appreciate. And it's, it's going to change the world, which is funny. Cause that's what my Nana always said. <laughs> my Nana always used to tell me that, that she was gonna, she said, she thought I was going to change the world. And I just always remember looking at her like she's crazy. Everybody in my family being like, don't hype him up. Because I'm like, I'm already a dreamer. You know, like, my dad has told me I have delusions of grandeur sometimes. And I'm like, so you're like, call, you're just like calling out bipolar? Is that what you're doing? Like, <laughs> you think I don't know what you're doing, dad? You know what I'm saying? Um, sometimes you can't tell big dreams to small-minded people. And that's what I love so much about this community is that we can keep it realistic with each other. But we can also be open-minded to new ideas, to new ways to improve our lives, 
new ways to hold ourselves accountable. You know, like for so long I complained about feeling sick, being in pain, but I ate like shit, didn't value my sleep, didn't exercise. Like, it's just, I don't know, be accountable. Be accountable. Have some self-awareness. Be accountable. And uh, grow hemp or support somebody who does because hemp is about to change the world. And uh, you don't want to be left behind. See y'all on Saturday when I completely legally stream the Jake Paul fights. You don't want to pay 60 bucks for that. Just come see me. Come see your boy. (laughs) You'll get it. It'll be entertaining. Not worth 60 bucks, but it'll be entertaining. (laughs) It's always a fun line to tell. Like, will I get banned? Will I not? (laughs) Oh, man. I'm sorry. I feel like it's Robin Hood. It's like Robin Hood. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like what what fight was it? I think it was Logan Paul. I saved people between everybody that tuned in a hundred thousand dollars that night. A hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> that I basically stole from Logan Paul to give back to everybody. Sorry, Logan. <laughs> I'm just gonna end this before I get myself in more trouble. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. See you next Thursday with Spencer. See you on Saturday for the completely legal streaming of Jake Paul's fight. Um, And probably some more in between if I feel like it randomly. That's how I've been doing it. So, peace.